This is Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Welcome to our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. Today I'm joined by Allison Prost, who is interim vice president of CBF and Maryland executive director. And we're going to talk about the Maryland General Assembly session today. So keep your Maryland executive director hat on for this, Allison. Got Welcome. it. Thank you for having me. So I, I'm reminded of a quote, that a quotation I've, I've referenced for years, and I had to look it up. Turns out it's Otto von Bismarck who said, laws are like sausages. It's better not to see them being made. Nothing could be more true than when you get involved in state legislative matters and the Maryland General Assembly session, which just ended last night at midnight, is pretty classic. It is classic. It has all of the elements of the sausage making that people think about when it comes to making our laws. There's good, there's bad, there's everything in between. And in the end, the product that comes out doesn't look at all like the pieces that went in. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's back up for a second before we get to the headlines. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been doing this for 40 years. You've been doing it, Allison, for many, many years. Uh, it, it always used to be, well, for, for a, a couple of decades at least, Maryland would pass a piece of legislation Virginia would follow the next year, and sometimes Pennsylvania the year after, the three primary Chesapeake Bay states. Uh, whether this is good news or bad news, I, I put it in the category of not such good news. Maryland no longer is the leader. Uh, Virginia is doing things and moving legislation, taking initiative, being innovative. Uh, and at least for the last two years, we've seen some troubling signs in Maryland. We have. I think we are holding our own. We're not backtracking on our pollution goals. We're not putting bad legislation forward. We're able to stop it, but we're not accelerating. We're not coming up with the innovative ideas like the wastewater treatment plant fund, affectionately known as, you know, the flush tax. We're not doing that. We're not setting our priority funding area law that was landmark or the critical area legislation that changed the map for development along our waters in Maryland. We're just, we're not doing and tackling those issues. And I think that was apparent this year when it came to taking a close look under the hood when it comes to development and forest loss. So we're going to talk mm -hmm. specifically about a forest conservation bill uh, mm -hmm. that has failed to pass for two years in a row now. But, but um, uh, the, the Virginia General Assembly session ended about three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, but they did not pass a budget. So they're coming back in special session, and when they're finished that, then we'll get Rebecca LaPrell, who's our Virginia Executive Director, on the podcast and go over the Virginia General Assembly session. Mm -hmm. but, but in large part, with the budget being put aside mm -hmm. in Virginia, we, we, we got some good things done. Yes. In Maryland, they did pass a budget, and let's start with the good news. Right. There was some good budgetary news coming out of Maryland. There was. Uh, we have seen full funding for environmental programs the last few years. Governor Hogan introduced full funding again this year, and there was the revenue in place to pass that budget um, as proposed by Governor Hogan. So our wastewater treatment plant upgrades will stay on track. 
our uh, cover crop and agricultural funding for best management practices, septic system upgrades, stormwater, we, all the funding's in place along with some funding for um, conservation easements and land, land protection. So the budget is a highlight. A little uncertainty on funding for oyster restoration, however? Yeah, we, um, Department of Natural Resources has had a surplus the last few years. Uh, we're a little bit slower on our restoration than we had been, so the number for this year wasn't as high, so they could use up that surplus funding. We'll be looking very closely at the budget that comes out next year, because if we're going to keep pace and meet our restoration goals, specifically, specifically for, oysters. for oysters, we have to reinstate the higher level of funding. This year we can get away with it. Next year it'll be a problem. So that'll be a priority next year. All right, let's go back to last year, 1920. Uh, <laughs> I'm dating myself. 2017's General Assembly okay. session, in which the environmental community, CBF, obviously, of course, came forward with a very great need for improving forest conservation legislation in Maryland. And all of the groups worked together. And what happened? We put in a bill, it reflected the recommendations, the best science, the numbers out there that shows that we are still losing forest to development and we are not putting the trees back in the ground at the same rate. We put in the legislation, the Senate committee took it up, they amended it to a study bill. They set up a task force, there was broad representation on it. It passed out of the Senate unanimously and it never went anywhere in the House. We never saw any action in the subcommittee or full committee on the study bill. So we ended the 2017 session with still losing trees faster than we're putting them back, no study bill, and lots of questions. And as people familiar with legislation that's introduced that's something new, mm -hmm. Uh, we all realize that often, and it's almost a, 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 a foregone conclusion, that new bills take two years to pass. And one of the mechanisms to carry over from one year to another is a summer study right. to uh, delve into the, to the facts and figures and the research, et cetera. So we were not necessarily surprised that the Senate went to a study bill last year, but we were very surprised that the House committee even, the Environmental Matters Committee, never even addressed the study bill, allowing it to die as if nothing had ever been introduced. Uh, the, the other legislative uh, term is it was put in the drawer, never, never came out for a vote, never came out for a discussion, and it makes it harder to carry these important policy discussions forward. If you can't study it in the interim, the first thing people say during the 90 days is, wait, we don't have time to take it up. So then you do a study bill and you say, okay, we don't have time in 90 days, so we're going to spend the summer and the fall looking at it, and then we'll be ready to tackle the policy recommendations come those 90 days. Without the study bill passing, again, we still have the questions and still have the time crunch of trying to pass a law in 90 days. So we came into the 2018 General Assembly session as if there had been no work done in 2017 whatsoever because this, the, the bill was put in the drawer, never taken out by the House in Maryland, not the Senate. The yeah. Senate passed it. Senate passed it. 
we heard at the beginning of the session at an environmental summit in Annapolis, uh, leadership discussing this bill, discussing the need for forest conservation, forest mm -hmm. protection, modernizing existing law. Uh, I think all of us went into the session with a lot of high hopes that we would get a bill this year. Well, what the, happened? <laughs> well, the General Assembly didn't take it up during the off session. Chesapeake Bay Foundation and our partners worked on it. We did We did more research. We did more outreach to the other stakeholders to find out the concerns from local governments to developers and honed in on the idea that maybe all forests aren't the same. So let's focus on the best of the best, the priority forests. So we, we took in the feedback and revised the legislation and were hopeful based on the early discussions and public statements from leadership at the Environmental Summit we put the bill in. There were hearings, very long hearings in both chambers. The Senate committee took it up first. They um, voted out uh, favorably the policy bill, saying, yes, we do need one-to-one -one replacement for our priority forest. It was on the Senate floor, ended up being amended to another study bill that looked a lot like last year, passed the Senate by a strong majority again, and headed over to the House. Let's stop there for yep. just a second. So in spite of the fact that last year we did not get a study bill authorized and supported mm -hmm. by the General Assembly, a number of the stakeholders, environmentalists, developers, others worked on their own, and we brought back a bill that reflected that consideration that was uh, slightly different from the one introduced mm -hmm. last year. It goes to the Senate as a, one could say, a first-year bill because there was no official study over the summer. And once again, the suggestion was, uh, this is new, this is something we've just been introduced to, even though it had gone through the process the year before, but no formal study. And so the Senate said, let's do a very data-driven, very scientifically valid study, which we realized uh, we would have to agree to. There's, mm -hmm. you know, we're only uh, there to lobby and support. And that got through the Senate with our approval. I mean, we would have liked it to have passed as the, as the legislation, but that was still something we thought would advance the ball. It goes to the House. It goes to the House, and it sits. It sits for a little while. We're not hearing anything. Uh, about two weeks ago, we start to have more discussions with leadership, both directly from Chesapeake Bay Foundation, but our partners as well, constituents weighing in with their elected officials, asking the House Environmental Committee, where is this bill? What are, what are you going to do on it? This is important to us. That's two weeks ago, meaning 10 weeks into a 12-week session. Yes. Right at the end of the session. Right the at the House end of the session. just started to, to discuss it. Just started to discuss it. And uh, the House amended it more. Um, leadership in the committee, the Speaker's office, went back and forth with the stakeholders, were concerned that it was still designed a little bit to come up with foregone conclusions, uh, needed to be a little bit more, um, I guess, open-minded as to what the numbers and the data may say. And by this, you mean uh, it was still, the, the House was considering the study bill. The study bill, so, yeah. No, so. no one was talking about passing the policy recommendations and replacement ratios that we considered at this point. So a lot of discussion in the House to, even, to weaken even the study bill to make the study less data-driven, less scientifically valid, 
more inclined to produce results that would um, diminish or weaken the original intent of strong forest conservation? We felt that there had already been a number of studies that pointed that the remaining problem with forest in Maryland is when it comes to forest loss to development. We didn't think that needed to be uh, re debated, debated again. Um, members of the House felt differently. So in the end, the study that the House committee put out, which we accepted, didn't love, but accepted, included questions around forest loss due to development, but also questions about other forest protections that we have in place through land conservation, through volunteer efforts, uh, what is happening with our tree canopy and forest cover in general. So it ended up answering kind of three different questions or was designed to answer forest loss from development, what's overall happening with trees in Maryland, uh, what is happening through other programs beside the Forest Conservation Act. So again, everyone got pieces they liked, everyone got pieces they didn't like. Mean, meaning everyone, the various all the, stakeholders. All the various stakeholders. So on Saturday, when the bill was called in committee for a vote. This is uh, Saturday, Saturday. At the, uh, two days before <laughs> yep. the end of the yep. session. Yep, three days ago. Um, it, you know, they, they took it up for a vote. They looked out to the audience and the stakeholders and said, so you all like it a little, dislike it a little. Everyone nodded and they voted, a uh, bipartisan vote. Sent it to the House floor. Yesterday it moved through the House floor as it needed to. No weakening amendments. Yesterday, the last day, day of, of the session. session. Last day of session. Passed out of the House at 5 o'clock, and we never saw the bill again. And it passed with strong bipartisan Strong bipartisan. At the end of the last day. At the end of the last day. Um, you know, there's two versions of the bill because there's the House introduced one, the Senate. They matched at this point. We're all lined up. Both passed out of the House, and we didn't see them come up again. So, in essence, the bill literally just disappeared mm -hmm. in the sausage-making yeah. of the Maryland General Assembly session. Yes, I've never seen it before. I've seen uh, the bills go across the desk to, from one chamber to the other, and maybe the chamber doesn't take it up, or they decide that they're not going to concur because they don't agree with something that one side did, or they pull it together what's called a conference committee. A few members from both chambers sit and make even more sausage to try to come to an agreement, but none of that ever happened because it never showed up on a to-do list again to be taken care of by the end of the night by the Senate. And, and you say you've never seen anything like this happen before. How long have you been working in the Maryland General Assembly? So I've been working in the Maryland General Assembly 10 years for Chesapeake Bay Foundation, a few years before that for another nonprofit. Our lobbyist has been doing it even longer and said the same thing. No, never have seen it where they just it just disappears. And one side says, I don't know where it is. The other says, I don't know where it is. It's, um, it's an extraordinary situation based on the history of this bill. And I know people sometimes don't like us, me, to say blame, but w the blame, I mean, it, it probably was across both chambers to have a bill that has been under such difficult circumstances to get, uh, to get mm -hmm. through the development industry mounted a, a massive lobbying campaign both years. Yeah. You gotta expect, <laughs> sus suspect some sort of um, 
of, of uh, maybe foul play is too strong a word, but some sort of benign neglect for this legislation, which allowed it just to go off into the ether? I think it just wasn't a priority. You know, they, they both moved it. They both chambers ended up taking action, but nobody other than the environmental community was fighting for it and making sure and watching it through to the final passage. We've had so much good news on the Bay in so many respects for so long. We know we have enormous challenges at the federal level for the last year and a half. And so much has really fallen to the states to take up the leadership mantle. This is a huge disappointment for a piece of legislation directed toward a known environmental value, trees, Mm -hmm. which have such fundamental scientific acceptance of helping to clean the air, filter out stormwater, do many, many things to benefit water quality and air quality, that it went down. I think that is what is most troubling to me, is looking ahead and we don't see that there's federal leadership uh, in Washington when it comes to environmental laws and regulations. We, in fact, are seeing rollbacks to the fundamental Clean Water Act and Clean Air Act rules. It makes it even more important for states like Maryland to take action to protect their local waters because somebody else isn't going to do it. Um, so when bills like this, like you say, that are fundamental, you know, everyone has a tree, an iconic tree or forest stand in their mind. There's, there's very few people you can talk to that don't um, think back to some tree or, like I said, some park that they walk through. Um, it resonates. It's a public health, you know, to have a healthy bay, we need healthy communities, and, and trees are very iconic when it comes to that. So it is surprising that we couldn't even get a study bill. It wasn't enough of an emphasis for people to, again, take the leadership to see it through to the end. Um, and so I'm worried when it's, you know, if we can't pass it for trees, if we can't take ownership over that issue, what does it mean for some of the other hard things that we're going to have to look to in the coming years? 2018 is an election year. Yes, it is. And um, our elected officials are responsible to the voters. What (laughs) advice would you have to those of us who have environmental interests uh, in terms of next year's, uh, next fall's election uh, for this bill, for other environmental issues uh, in the state of Maryland and beyond? You know, research the issues that are important to you. Um, find out the facts of what needs to happen still and meet with the candidate of your choice. Meet with all the candidates that are running in your in your community, whether it be at the state or local level. Talk to them about it. Bring your friends. Uh, make it real. Tell your story. You don't need to know all the policies, but tell your story as to why it's important. Remind them of it over and over again. Um, and then when they don't take action that you like, hold them accountable. You know, we can't turn to the next issue and, and move on to the next issue before we say, wait a minute, this one happened well, this one happened poorly. So meet often, use your outside voice, let, let yourself be heard. Um, and again, to hold people accountable. We're all accountable for the choices we make. And voting records are very um uh, easy. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they are records. Yep. So yep. You can They're, find out yep. how your elected mm-hmm. officials voted. Yep. Chesapeake Bay Foundation uh, doesn't do scorecards, but uh, there's lots of information out there, as you say, Will, that people can find out how people have voted. Um, and again, just what the information is on the issues. Uh, 
legislators and elected officials respond to what they hear the most. We hear that over and over from offices, that the issues get, that get the most calls and the most meetings are in the forefront of their minds. And we need to take trees and other Bay issues and community issues and make them the forefront of our elected officials' minds. And you can certainly, uh, listeners can go to our website, cbf.org, to, to know of the issues that should be mm -hmm. tracked, should be of concern. And for scorecards and voting records, the League of Conservation Voters uh, throughout the region mm -hmm. uh, in all states lists voting records, and that's a resource for mm -hmm. people to see how their elected officials have voted. Mm -hmm. Sierra Club as well. Sierra Club as well. So uh, thank you, Allison. Um, will you be back with this legislation <laughs> next year? You know, we are doing our midpoint assessment for, for the Bay throughout the watershed this year. And I have a feeling that it's going to point that trees still really matter, and we need to, we need to tackle it one way or the other. Maybe trees the charm. Maybe, maybe, maybe not bringing it up in year two during an election year uh, would would have made sense. But it, you know, it's important, and we're not going to let it go the wayside. As Tom Petty said, we will not back down. No. This is Will Baker and Allison Prost for our continuing podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving Chesapeake Bay. Allison, thanks very much. Thank you. And as I said, remember, go to our website, cbf.org, or our Facebook page uh, to learn about the current issues of the Bay and how you can help. Thank you. Thank you.